Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. But our key verse for today and over this Christmas season is from Isaiah 9 verse 6. You might have seen it out on the posters outside. But let's just read it. It's this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Prince of Peace. So in Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, there's a lot of grief and there's a lot of destruction going on. And the Israelites were looking for an immediate remedy to come and help solve all their political problems and things that were going on. But God's solution was not to come for centuries, but God's solution would last for centuries. The prophet Isaiah is giving the Israelites a beacon, a glimmer of hope. Isaiah... I guess, is like naming Christ. You know when you have a child and in the olden days, your birth announcement used to go in the newspaper. Today, it probably goes more on Facebook or social media. But I guess it was like a birth announcement. I have three children. But could you just imagine on social media, mother and child doing well. Our son is born. His name is famous soccer player, forgot what I named him. What did I name you? (laughs) Famous soccer player, handsome world changer, going to bring the good news and looks after his parents in his old age. (laughs) That's big dreams for my boy and my children. But what Isaiah is doing, he is prophesying to the Israelites that the wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace is coming. This verse still applies and brings us hope for today. So if you think of those two characteristics, wonderful counsellor. Now that could describe anyone. I know some wonderful counsellors here. But the last three characteristics, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, speaks of only one that could fulfil that position and role, and that is Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is fully God and he is fully man. He came as a child to us, for unto us a child is born. Jesus shows his humanity. He came in human form as a child, as a baby, and he died as a human. He had to come, because God could not come as God alone. He had to come in the flesh. He had to come as a sacrificial lamb for the blood to shed for our sins for all of mankind. So Jesus is the Son of God, but he also is God. Because it says in John 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So he is our mighty God. And that's what we're looking at this week. Last week, Marty shared on wonderful counsellor, but today we are exploring our mighty God. So the Greek, the Hebrew word for mighty is gibor. It is meaning powerful, warrior, champion. And God, El, means God, the one true God, Jehovah. 
So might, if you think about the word might, it is possessing great and impressive power or strength. Powerful. He is mighty enough to do what he says he will do. So now might is a military word. It is a warrior term. He is a warrior. So if you think about the warrior, our Jesus, he is the strong defender. He fights for us. So the word might, when you think about it, the most powerful thing, what comes to your mind? So what do we do when we're looking to answer some questions? We go to Google. So I went to there, went to there, went on the Google and (laughs) the Facebook, anyway, getting older. But this is what I did. I typed in, what is the most powerful thing in the universe? And I wanted to see what the scientists thought. So as I was looking and exploring on the, on the first page, the main majority of things that came up were gamma ray bursts. So you might be wondering what a gamma ray burst is. It's when the stars 150 times size, 150 times the size of our sun produce the lightest source of explosion by just exploding. So you have to Google this later and look for the image yourself um, and it will come up. But this explosion produces the most amount of energy, which they say to be in that second, more than what our sun would produce in the lifespan of 10 billion years, so the scientists say. But that is pretty extraordinary, isn't it? All right, but then there's this verse in the Bible and it says this, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above, the sky above, these gamma rays proclaim his handiwork. So when we look at the stars, when we look at the sun, when we're sitting at the beach and you're watching the sunset, it gives us an experience of seeing how great and mighty our God is. That is the evidence of our great and mighty God. All right, so that was the natural phenomenon of what I searched for. And then I was like, okay, on earth, what was the greatest kingdom What was the most powerful kingdom that we saw here on earth? And so far, as Google said, was this, the British Empire. So the British Empire was the largest empire the world had ever seen, has ever seen. It covered 34 million square kilometres of land. So that is 22% of the earth's mass. So at the time of its peak, there was 458 billion serving in this British Empire. So at the time, that was 20% of the world's population. Like, that is just massive when you think about it. 20% of the world's population serving in the army. And the influence that the British Empire had, you know, um, English would be the most spoken um, language around. Most countries, that would be their second language. But we have taken on many traditions because of the British Empire. But then there's this verse in the Bible and it's up on the screen, 1 Chronicles 29.11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. So these small or large examples of greatness that we've seen in in the universe or or kingdoms here on earth, 
are just a glimpse of the greatness of our great God. Nothing is more powerful than him. When we start to realise this, and we start to realise that we are serving a great and mighty God, we start to realise that we are a great and mighty people. Because serving a God who is great and mighty naturally requires mighty soldiers, who in this place is a mighty man or woman of God today. Do you know what? To be a mighty man and a mighty woman, a mighty teenager, a mighty child requires a daily choice and a daily surrender of our own strength and inviting Christ to walk with us daily. In Ephesians 6 verse 10, it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We draw strength from him. He is our life source. He is our strength. Because when we put on the army armour of God, we can stand against the enemy's schemes. Now, Paul, when he was writing that, he realises that some people may not be ready to go and fight just yet. But when you put on the army armour of God and you're in his army, you are ready to stand. You may not be able to fight, but when you place on the armour of God, you can stand. Verse 12, it says this, For our struggle is not against flesh or blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. We're in a real war every single day. There is a spiritual war that is going on around us and we may not see it, but there is something going on. And as Christians, as people that say we are warriors of Christ, we need to get up daily and put on the armour of God. We can't just get up daily and put on our own armour or put on an imitation armour or put on a plastic armour. We must put on the armour of God so then we can advance the kingdom for him. It is a daily choice. It is a daily commitment to say, you know what, today I'm getting up, I'm putting on the armour of God. So it is, a time to, it is time to see that serving a mighty God makes us mighty people. The problem is, is that we don't always realise it or recognise it. Now there's these terms and it's used in the HR world and you've probably heard of them. It's absenteeism, absenteeism. So it's basically where your corporation, where they gather the amount of time that someone is absent from work. So there's the um, parental leave, sick leave, stress leave, maternity leave. There's all the different leaves, that long service leave that um, people accumulate over their time. So absenteeism, they're not there. But there's a more, there is another trend that is going around and it is presenteeism, presenteeism. It's the idea that you're there, but you're absent. And I'm pretty sure there's no one in this place right now, here but not here, if that makes sense. The lights are on, but nobody is at home. You could be at um, work. Just checking you. You're at work, you're sitting at your computer, your boss walks by and you then like, oh, quickly pretend that you're doing something. So presenteeism. But that can be us as Christians, that we're in the building, the lights look like that we're on, we're doing all the right things, but we're not actually living our calling or walking in what God has called us to be. 
And I want to encourage us because that's the enemy. He comes to kill, he comes to steal, and he comes to destroy. And that's what he wants us to be as Christians, to be asleep and be slumber and to be sedated. And it's really interesting because when you walk with Christ, most people... In their walk with Christ, it's not just this immediate turnaround. It's the slow progression of being present but not present. And it's those small choices that you make. It's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to watch this show. And I normally wouldn't watch this show, but it slowly drifts you away from God or the, or the circles of friendships that you hang around with or, or the things that you listen to or the things that you're watching or the choices that you make. It's that slow progression and that drift away from God. And I want to encourage us, as we're wrapping up very soon, that we can be living a sin-free life. We can be coming into church and flowing with amazing worship, but we can walk out these doors and forget the mighty God that we serve. And it's like we've got this living world that's within us, but we're not taking it to our world. And that's when it becomes a stagnant pond. I wonder how often that we look like a Christian, but we don't act like a Christian. We go to church, we lift our hands up, but we forget who he is and outwork because God has called us to do greater works than him. So what can my Christ, what can your Christ, what can Jesus Christ do? What can our mighty God do as the the band comes up to play and plays? Um, Thank you, team. But this is what my God can do. He can calm the wind and the waves. He loves unconditionally. He brings order out of chaos. He redeems. He answers prayers. He heals. He forgives. He conquers death. He restores. He liberates. He makes us new and he makes us whole. He parted the Red Sea. He makes the impossible possible. He causes those dry bones to live. He bears all our burden. He has the government on his shoulders. He didn't come to earth just as this tiny, meek, mild baby. He came as the almighty God, all-powerful, all-forgiving. He's the omni. He's the present. He's the future. But this is who our God is. And right now, I just really felt just to take a moment because sometimes we can forget the mighty acts that God has done in our lives. And when we start to remember who our God is, is that, that's when we start to put a hope and a future in what he is going to do soon. I know there's stories of people that were believing for the impossible to happen and then God turns around and he makes the possible. Um, I think of my, my father, he went in for a colonoscopy recently and he had a clear result. And I remember, and I was like, Marty, we're praying and our family was praying for just some really positive news and believing that God can turn it around. And do you know what? He had these good results that came back. And I said to Marty one night, I said, do you know what, Marty, if we didn't pray, we could have had a different answer. But we believe in who our God is. And because of prayer, because of your faith in the living God, because of faith in a mighty God, I believe that God can do the impossible. And right now as we're in this moment, I just want you just to close your eyes and remember what God has done and thank Him. Could have been miracles, finance breakthroughs, seeing your husband saved, your loved ones saved, 
Ruth had an amazing story of her father-in-law today and I'm sure she'll share it another time. But remember those moments. Remember what God has done in your life and just thank Him right now. Just take a moment. You know when you go into a new setting um, or to a new environment and um, or maybe you're just friends with people and sometimes they do the name drop you know and they'll say this name oh yes I know that person he's a good friend of mine and we had lunch together or you know how people name drop and there's a bit of pride and like this like oh yeah I know them yeah they're my bud um, I don't say that but yeah <laughs> You know, I call my son Bud, but I don't call. Anyway, off track. But you know how you do the name drop. And I feel for us that sometimes we need to do the name dropping of God. That when you're in your work environment, and I actually had the opportunity to talk with a man at my work, the gardener, because he was having a colonoscopy, and I was able to share with him and say, well, I believe that you're going to have good answers and results because I was praying for my dad and I'm going to pray for you. So how about we start name dropping the mighty acts, our mighty God and say, I know that my God can help you because my God is greater and bigger than any situation. And right now, let's just close our eyes as we're going to go into just to a moment. And maybe you might be in this place and you don't know Christ yet. And you would love to know who this wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace is. And over this season, maybe you have felt that you've walked away from God or maybe you've just been present but not there and the lights aren't on. And if you would love to respond to Jesus Christ today and make Him Lord and Saviour of your life, I'd love to invite you to lift up your hand as you make a decision to walk and live with Him. Last week, we had a father and a son make a recommitment to their life and chose to live for him. And I know there's people in this place that would love to respond to Jesus. It's the greatest decision of your life to walk with him. And if you'd love to just lift up your hand and say yes to Jesus. Awesome. How about we pray as a church? We're going to pray this prayer and just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life to be Lord and Saviour. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. Today I choose you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.